In the middle of the Indian Ocean is what is known as the Bay of Bengal, and there is an island which is often called the most dangerous island in the world. At first glance, it looks like one of many islands that make up the archipelago called the Andaman Islands, of which it is a part of. It has beautiful beaches and lush greenery. On first impressions, some would call it a paradise, but its history is far from that. Viewed from Google Earth, the island looks like a jagged square. Yet on one of the corners on its northern shore, there's a small mysterious shape off its shore which is rooted in a dark history. This area, as well as the island as a whole, holds some very dark secrets that are unknown to most people. Prepare to be amazed by the story of what is believed to be the last known pre-Neolithic people on Earth, and one of the few uncontacted civilizations. So the island crucially is home to the Sentinelese, an indigenous people in voluntary isolation from the rest of the world. Just how have these people remained free from outside interference for so long? After all, the rest of humanity has spread around the globe. Ironically, although they have not left North Sentinel Island in many millennia, the Sentinelese are believed to be descended from one of the first groups of humans to leave Africa. Historically, European colonization of other parts of the world hasn't ended well for the indigenous people. Fortunately for the Sentinelese, they've managed to avoid being colonized and haven't really had much contact with the rest of the world at all. There have been a few instances, though, the Sentinelese are believed to have been among the first humans to leave Africa, settling on their island around 60,000 years ago. They're known to the Ongi, another group of indigenous people from the Andaman Islands. Based on what is known of the Sentinelese, their culture also seems similar to the Ongi. However, when the British brought Ongi members to meet the Sentinel Island group in the 19th century, they were unable to communicate as their languages were very different. It was clear there had been a long period of separation between the two groups. In 1771, British surveyor John Ritchie noticed lights on North Sentinel Island while doing some work for the East India Company. You might remember their association with Christopher Columbus. Unlike Columbus, Ritchie didn't stop at North Sentinel Island, but noted the multitude of lights and moved on. The island disappears from recorded history until 1867, when an Indian merchant ship called the Nineveh wrecked on its shores. A little more than a hundred passengers survived, and after a few days on the shore, they were attacked by the Sentinelese, who didn't seem to want any company. The captain noted the Sentinelese carried iron-tipped arrows shortly before he escaped in a small boat. He was later picked up by a rescue party along with everyone else who managed to survive by throwing sticks and stones at the Sentinelese. For the next 
13 years, the British colonists of the Andamanese Islands took the hint and left North Sentinel alone. But in 1880, the officer in charge of the colony, Maurice Vidal Portman, led an expedition to the island. They took along some aboriginal people of the Andamanese Islands who guided them into the island where they found pathways and recently abandoned villages. The Sentinelese seemed to have vanished into the forest. Portman might have been relieved they didn't stick around and defend their home by throwing arrows, but he decided to press his luck and keep looking. After several days, he found six of the island's people, an elderly couple, and four children. Then he decided the best way to introduce himself and his society would be to kidnap them. Yes, I know. The logic here isn't very well thought out. They were hauled onto his ship and taken to Port Blair. Shortly after, the captives all became very sick, likely due to the fact that their isolated community had not been exposed to the rest of the world's germs in almost 60,000 years. The elderly couple died and the children were quickly returned to the island with a bunch of presents. Portman apparently thought that gifts totally make up for kidnapping and wrongful death. Actually, he didn't express any remorse about what happened and instead insulted the Sentinelese, saying they had what he thought of as an idiotic expression of countenance and manner of behavior. Portman made several more visits to the island, which he was lucky to survive considering how he introduced himself, plus the people's lack of fondness for strangers. He may have had second thoughts about his actions, though, because in later years he noted that the islanders' interactions with outsiders had done them nothing but harm. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. After that, the island was mostly left alone. Although an escaped convict from Port Blair made it onto the shore in 1896. Apparently, the Sentinelese had decided they were through with outsiders, maybe because of that whole kidnapping incident, and promptly killed him. It wasn't until the 1960s that anthropologists decided to study the island and its people, or try to anyway. Indian anthropologist Triluknath Pandit was the first to land on the island in 1967, and like Portman, he initially found it deserted. He and his crew poked around the empty huts, leaving gifts of candy, cloth, and buckets, and pilfering a few items for their own study. A few years later, a second group of anthropologists visited the island to shoot a documentary. They were accompanied by Indian police, apparently out of concern they'd be attacked. Their fears were realized when a hail of arrows headed for their boat. They moved away from the attackers and landed further down the shore, but it wasn't long before arrows were flying again, even as they left gifts of coconuts cookware, a doll, and a pig. 
The director was shot in the thigh, and the tribe member who shot him had a good laugh while the others buried the pig and doll. Guess he wasn't quite ready for his close-up. The crew retreated, and that was the end of their documentary making on North Sentinel Island. Then in 1981, a ship called the Primrose ran aground just off the island. The crew was at first relieved to see land, then their relief quickly turned to horror when they saw the Sentinelese people running towards them with weapons. After sending out a distress call, they fought the natives off with axes and a flare gun. Eventually, they were rescued by the Indian Navy. The wreck of the Primrose is now a mysterious shape you can see off the coast of North Sentinel on Google Maps if you view its northern shore. The boat's outline is still visible, even though most of the hull has disintegrated away into the sea. It's a stark reminder of the dangers the island poses to outsiders who get too close. But despite the tribe's unfriendliness, Pandit continued visiting the island intermittently for more than 20 years. In 1991, he finally had a peaceful encounter with some Sentinelese men. They even climbed into his boat and looked it over. He distributed coconuts, which don't grow on the island, but the tribe members seemed to like. After that, the Indian government decided to stop studying the island fearing anthropologists or other visitors might bring modern germs to the Sentinelese. Yes, more than a hundred years after Portman sickened his kidnapping victims, someone finally thought of that. The Indian government has said they have no desire to interfere with the island's residents or enforce law there. Although North Sentinel is technically considered a protectorate of the Indian government, for all practical purposes, it remains a sovereign entity. Yet the Indian government did send a helicopter to check on the island several days after the 2004 tsunami. They feared the people had not survived, but they were wrong. Apparently, the inhabitants had moved to higher ground before the tsunami hit. Although the storm damaged their fishing grounds, they seemed to have adapted. Two years later, a couple of fishermen got drunk and fell asleep on their boat. Unbeknownst to them, their homemade anchor of a rock on a rope failed, and they drifted toward North Sentinel Island. Other boaters tried to warn them, but they didn't notice, probably because they were under the influence of large amounts of alcohol. Sadly, there's a reason you shouldn't drink and drive a boat. They drifted into the shallows of the island where the Sentinelese shot and killed them with arrows. The Indian Coast Guard attempted to retrieve their bodies in a helicopter, but they too were met with a hail of arrows. Finally, they gave up, noting the bodies appeared to have been buried in shallow graves on the island. Since the incident, the Indian government established a three-mile exclusion zone around the island to protect both its inhabitants and anyone unlucky or inebriated enough to get too close. However, that didn't stop John Allen Chow, an American evangelical Christian missionary who went on an illegal mission to convert the Sentinelese to Christianity in 2018. Tragically, his body was later found on the shore. 
Because they are so secluded and eschew visitors, little is known about the Centenales. They're hunter-gatherers who migrated to the island prior to the development of agriculture. Their huts are constructed of palm leaves and they have larger communal dwellings with partitions. Their weapons consist of javelins and flat bows. Arrows collected from helicopters that buzz the island suggest they use different arrow shapes for different tasks like hunting, fishing, and defense. The island is surrounded by coral reefs with no natural harbors. Much of it is covered in forest and it's impossible to know exactly how many people live there. Estimates range from 50 to 500. Despite the three-mile exclusion zone around the island, the Centenales still have modern-day threats. In the Andaman Islands, tourism businesses often promise to show visitors the oldest tribes found in these islands. Some have ruthlessly exploited the Jarara, another native tribe of the Andaman Islands. Concerns arose when one resort began construction on new buildings very close to the Jarara Reserve. On the Andaman Trunk Road, hundreds of vehicles travel through every day, their guides treating the Jarara like human safari attractions. This has led activists trying to protect the native people of the Andaman Islands to express concerns about North Sentinel Island. Local operators have even started to organize the Ultimate Human Safari, carrying people to the shores of North Sentinel Island in armored protected boats. Survival International, a group dedicated to tribal people's rights around the world, is working to end the human safaris in the Andaman Islands and protect both the Jarara and Centenales people. On the issue, a spokesperson for the organization, Miriam Ross, has said, We continue to empathize that there should be no further attempts to contact the Centenales, urging the administration of the Andaman Islands to adhere to this by putting a stop to poaching around the island, which led to the deaths of two fishermen in 2006. She adds it is vital to let the Centenales live in peace, pointing out that further contact with outsiders could be disastrous for both parties. While contact with the tribe is clearly unwise, people remain curious about the tribe. It's possible we could learn more about human history from studying such a long secluded group of people. Since visiting the island is out, much of what is known was gathered from the observation of helicopter pilots who flew over it. This is disruptive to the native people, however, and results in arrows being lobbed at the choppers. With the advent of modern technology, some experts have considered sending in small drones to study the Sentinelis. This would avoid many of the problems of further human contact with the people, but would still present ethical problems, as it might constitute a violation of the tribe's privacy. Some people wonder if the Sentinelese could benefit from modern advancements like medicine and agriculture. But anthropologist Sita van Ketsvar say these kinds of seemingly benevolent contacts with primitive tribes often do more harm than good. She notes the Jawara, who first made contact with outsiders in 1997, suffered many problems as a result. What it did was open up a world that they didn't comprehend, she says, adding the tribal members were not yet in a position to control their own destiny. 
Some started using alcohol and tobacco products and they ended up having a very stratified, uneven relationship with people of the modern world. Despite the level of interest this uncontacted tribe holds, it may be in everyone's best interest to leave the Sentinelese people alone on the most dangerous island in the world. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.